it. So what's up, y'all? Oh, my husband just said I'm not broadcasting. How about now? Am I on? <laughs> what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Sarah from Sarah Styles here. I am a reseller on Poshmark and on eBay, and I also have an analytical dashboard. I sell it on Etsy for all resell all resellers. There's a sales dashboard for all resellers, and then there's also an inventory dashboard for Poshmark, and it goes through and tells you top brands, top categories. Oh. My husband's doing the technical um, background. I, he's letting me know if I'm live. This is my first time, and he said we're good to go. So, so I uh, inventory dashboard. It goes through all of your inventory on Poshmark and tells you what is selling well for you. Today we are doing a live video. I am doing a live video with Daniela from Ivy and Blush. Um, I accidentally clicked on her live video on Instagram about a week ago, and I didn't know how I got there or how to get back. So we started DMing a little bit. Um, she was on with Girly Girl Styles, which she is amazing. Um, definitely pop over to her YouTube channel. She has amazing content. Her and her husband, they're just like a great channel to watch. But they were doing a video. Me and Daniela started talking, and Daniela just got the analytical dashboards as well. And she was like, you know, there's so much stuff here. I just could really do a whole live video about it. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I've been wanting to do up my uh, social media game, and today is Happy New Year. Today is January 1, so we are just going to start the year off right and um, start doing some live videos. So I am going to welcome Daniela. I will let her tell a little bit about herself. Hello. hello, hello everyone. I hope you can see me okay and hear me okay. So, hi Sarah, thank you for having me on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so if you guys don't know me, um, I am Ivy N, the letter N, blush on Instagram, on Poshmark, um, I think that's it. But I- All the links are gonna be down below. Perfect. Um, so I am from Rhode Island. Uh, born and raised, and I am a part-time reseller. Um, I do have a full-time job outside of reselling. Uh, I recently started a podcast with Lori from Lori's Boston Found, which you can find her on YouTube as well. Perfect. And um, yeah, so I just started that, so that's really fun. And so this year, 2020, is going to be my year I'm really focusing in on my business because I have some financial goals that I'd like to hit, which is why I um, was talking to Sarah about the dashboard. And I, there's certain things that, um, certain goals that I would like to hit this year, which is to pay off a big portion of my student loan and to buy a new home before the end of the year. So... Yeah, I really need to focus in on what's selling for me, what brands are selling well, what my average um, uh, list price and selling price need to be in order for me to hit my monthly goals that I've set, which are super high and aggressive, but that's the only way I roll. So that's yeah, what I do. Do it, do it big, right? Well, that's the thing. And if I don't hit it, not a big deal, but it, it, it makes me want to try to hit it more and more. So that- I am glad to have you here. And as you say, What's up, guys? Um, we had a couple of people join. Girly Girl Styles, Lori, Christina. I think Christina. I'm so bad with names. and That's okay. I do better with numbers. Um, so it's interesting that you say your student loans. That is the majority of what my posh money or my reselling mm -hmm. money is going towards. It is, I don't know when you went to school, but it is awful. 2005 to 2014. Yeah. Undergrad and master's. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I didn't get a master, so I wasn't that long, but around that same time and prices just skyrocketed and interest rates went, I mean, our interest rate on my student loan is higher than my mortgage. Oh, um, really? Yeah. It's just crazy. And so I am also in the same boat. A lot of my, most of our posh money is going to um, student loans. And I think a lot of people in the community kind of do it as a side hustle or, you know, to save for a house, to get out of debt. Um, so I think there's a lot of relatability there as yeah. well. I agree. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think um, going back to the student loan thing, so many of us have it, right? And it's so hard to allocate money to just pay that off when you have all these other bills that you need to take care of as an adult. I mean, they just come with the territory, right? So um, I've always done reselling. This isn't like something new to me. I've always done it at a very young age. So I always used it for the extra income to either pay things or buy things that I wanted because when I was younger, that's what mattered to me. You know, now I might use it to buy something for myself, but really I don't. I, that's That money is just for savings and to pay things off. 
And that, so I, I'm very similar. I have been upcycling um, for 15 years. Upcycling is so, interesting to me because it's not like something that I would personally do, but I think it's great what you've done. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to reselling and I didn't necessarily know. I mean, I started it before there was a lot of online platforms. I was mm -hmm. doing consignment stores and stuff and I like the creative aspect of it. Um, Oh, girly girl style said she paid off her student loans last year with Poshmark. Awesome goals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> girly girl style goals. Um, so I've been doing it, but 15 years ago, you know, in my early 20s to date myself, um, it was in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was money to go out or money to buy new shoes, and now you know things change, and it's mm -hmm. money to pay off my student loans and um, maybe go on a vacation as a family and paying for you know those type of things instead of fun things that you do in your 20s. Right. Um, so I do want to ask you. I think this is always fun to hear where your name comes from. Your everyone blush. Yeah, so, so funny. People ask me this all the time. It there's literally no meaning behind my name except I sat down one day and I wrote down words that I liked, like words that spoke to me, words that I found interesting, words that I thought were pretty, as lame as that sounds. And I was like, okay. And I was looking at different. So I go on a website called Unsplash a lot, unsplash.com, and there's just a lot of stock photos, and um, they're all photographers that post their photos on there and they're really neat and I get inspiration from that um so and sometimes a lot so not a lot but some of my pictures that I post on Instagram come from unsplash.com and I learned about that site when I used to work in marketing a couple years ago um, yeah yeah so they're oh, they're interesting so like the the photo that I did that um it was like the iPad and I screenshot your thing yeah. that's where that's from I just took that flat lay and then I took a screenshot of your page and then I just cropped it. Yeah. So, so anyway, I'm, great resource. Well, I'm going to write it down. If I can put it in the notes below after we do this, I will. If not, I'll try and put it somewhere for everybody. Um, I've been looking at, I got some on Etsy. Um, and oh, I'm supporting nice. local people is well or not local, they're not local, but small business right. owners. I got some on eBay, but I also really like free. Yeah. So, so free. Um, yeah. The only thing they asked, um, so certain um, photographers will ask you just give them credit, like in your in your uh, caption or anything, but um, which I don't mind doing if no, that's what they're asking because no. they should get the credit that they deserve. Sometimes if I find them on Instagram, I'll just tag them in the photo too. So if they want to use it for something for promotional purposes, they can. But anyway, that's what I did. I sat on the website and I started looking. And I was like, oh, these pictures of Ivy are so pretty. And I love the color blush and I always have. It was a part of my wedding. That, that was like the main color of my wedding. Yeah. So I just put Ivy blush together and put the letter N. And I was like, all right, this is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it works. I like it. Okay, so what platforms do you sell on? You are on... I'm on Poshmark. That's my main selling platform. Um, I do cross-list on eBay and um, Tradely. Sorry. I do cross-list on there. Not everything, but certain things I think might sell better on eBay. I will put them on there. If there's certain things I think will sell better on Tradesy and I can get a higher profit, then I'll sell it on there. And then I do send items to the real real. Like that's my new thing that I've been doing for the last couple of months when I'm outsourcing. If there's items that, um, not that I don't want to photograph them, but it's not worth the effort for me to list them on Poshmark because I know what I'm going to get back is not like I, I would get more on, on the real rail, but I do a lot of research on this. Can you be specific? Like yeah. give an example, because I'm, so I'm on Posh and eBay. Um, so you don't do the real rail, right? I don't know. I'm looking at like the real rail or trade. I, like I'm interested in the other platforms. I mm -hmm. haven't dove in. So the, more so, the real rail, here's the thing. The percentage that they take is a lot. Okay. okay. They take um, anywhere from like, 40 to 60%, depending on where you are in their tiered program. So it seems like a lot. Yeah. Your cost of goods has to be low. Right. Like it has to be $5 and below. It just has to be that way. You can't be sending them, unless it's your own stuff in your closet and you don't care and you don't want to list it on Poshmark and you just yeah. want to send it in. Like that's fine too. You can so send that. Real, real, I mean, it's like higher end. Mm. So there's a list of designers that you can send okay. to that's them. High. They have very specific things. If you go on their app um, and you press on the consign button and you um, select what category, if it's women's, men's, their home items. So like, you know, Versace and uh, Tiffany have a lot of home items that you can send to them. And uh, you select that, what it is. So women's, because that's usually what I sell. And then you pick 
um, from their brand list, you type in whatever brand it is. And I do this when I'm sourcing sometimes. Yeah, okay. I type in the brand and if it's on their list and my cost of goods is low and I'll compare the comps on Poshmark and eBay. So I'll use Sellhound sometimes or I'll just go on Posh and I'll check comps. And if the comps aren't great on those two platforms, I check to see what they're selling for on the real reel and what they have sold for. I can scroll down to sold. And if it's way better on there, then that's what I do. That's my deciding factor. Oh, I yeah. like so there's a process to it. It's not I just send things in. Um, but so when I find stuff at the bins and it's luxury designer, it automatically goes to the real real. And, and that's interesting. So I was just telling my husband, I am trying to do more things and less time. <laughs> I'm like, I can Well, I'm the same on. way. I need to streamline. Yeah. Well, and I, process. one thing that I hate doing is listing. I hate listing. And mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I'm a reseller. <laughs> That's like half our job. Yeah, yeah. I don't like listing. I don't like researching a lot, which is why I tend to do a lot of the same things because I already know about it. Mm -hmm. But it may be worth for me to spend a little, you know, have a bigger percentage taken out if I don't have to list. So I can yeah. still be sourcing a lot, but then, cause I'm trying this year, I'm trying to maybe do a little bit more, hence the live video, a little bit more social media and helping the community with a dashboard and with the analytics, which means that I'm going to have to take away from the reselling aspect of it. Um, so that's interesting. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I want to, I'm going to look into that. I wrote that down. Let me put in the comments in case people wanted to know what we were talking about um the one thing i will add with this too so poshmark for me has been very slow the last couple of months yeah i mean for fact it's been very slow for a lot of people not just me and um if it wasn't for the real real and me sending those items in i wouldn't have made the money that i made the last couple of months that the major amount of my profit profit was from the real real do they um hey guys thanks for joining do they like keep it for like it's consignment. So do they keep it for so long and then send it back? If it doesn't no. So they just keep marking it down. As far as I know, they just keep marking down thread up. I think eventually can send it to you. You can recall it and take it back. Or um, I think they keep it. I don't know how that works because I filmed on thread up once and I took everything back because I couldn't stand what they were listing it for and they weren't moving. So I was like, I'm just going to take them back and take my chances and put them on eBay because it's not worth me making $2 on something um, because they don't do automatic payouts anymore. They list them. So I'm not a thread up person, but that's me. And it might work for you, but it doesn't work for me and my model. Um, but the real real, you only get a deposit once a month and it's on the 15th. So you sell a month long on the 30th, 31st, whatever it is, the last day. Um, it closes out that month. The next month starts. So today was a brand new day on the real rail. I already made two sales on there. Um, and that money, <laughs> yay, it's the only two sales I made, but it's okay. That money sits there until the 15th, and then it gets direct deposited into your but account. They take all the fees, and it's all. Everything gets taken out. The number you see in the top of your banner that they have, that's the amount that you're getting. So you'll see on the breakdown. Um, it will say like the item that was sold, how much of a discount the person got. So here's the thing. Whenever someone has a discount or it's on sale, that comes out of your commission. Like there's, that's the way that it works. You don't get that full amount. If they use 20% and 20% comes out of whatever you're going to get, um, which is fair for the business because they're doing all the work. You're yeah. not doing anything. They're okay. listing, shipping. They're doing everything. Um, the other thing with the real real is returns can happen. And I don't know how long the returns are for. I want to say it's like 30 days or something they have to return just like a regular store. And sometimes things get returned more than once and that comes out of your commission as well. So something gets returned, they deduct and then it gets relisted. Oh, and then, yeah. so there are little, you know, little things, but the real real can be like its own live, its own everything. Like yes. it's, and I feel like that's how every, like everything has the allure. Like does it, Oh, put it on eBay. It just sits there and then you get on eBay and I'm like, but there's like, all this other stuff uh, you, like, yeah, eBay is like a totally different animal that I yeah. I list and I'm like well if it sells it sells if not I'm gonna look into that though because if I can get rid of um the listing portion for me and at least just let it sit there for a couple of months and then if it doesn't sell I can try and do it um because I am well, trying that's to my motto so I'll list something yeah. and I'll be like okay maybe it will sell if it's been sitting for like 60 to 90 days, which I don't like to go that far, but sometimes I do because I'm like, well, luxury usually takes longer um, unless it's like a high end demand thing. Then I pull it right out of Poshmark and off it goes. I don't let it sit. It's money just sitting. So yeah. why would I do that? Okay. So caffeinated Christy says, I've heard some about the real real from watching Jack Valentine. Oh, yeah. Are you, oh, was I talking to you? Are you having him on your podcast? 
Um, no, but that might be Leslie. That might be, Leslie had them on. Yeah, so Leslie from the Resellers Fashion, she had them on. Uh, uh, Jack and Ryan, and they're so cute, and I love them. I talk to them all the time. And Jack is actually the one who kind of motivated me to start sending things to the Real Real because of his videos. So if you don't check out Jack Valentine, you should. Um, he has some really good content on the Real Real, and you can message him. Like he's he's very informative and very friendly, and he will answer all of your questions the best that he can. Obviously, answer all your questions, but. Um, Okay, sorry, but she said so. She says Jack Valentine on YouTube, but he has such posh stuff. He oh, finds and never find that stuff. Yeah, but he shops mostly at the bins. So you know, it, it really depends where you are. So here in New England, we're very fortunate. I, I can find a lot of good brands like that. Um, it just really depends where you are. But you can source online. So there's like there's lots of ways that you can make this happen. You can go on ThreadUp, and when they're having a sale, and you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to try to get those kind of products to send in. But low cost of goods, you need to remember that. Low cost of goods. Right, right. to make it. Okay, I'm gonna look into that because I'm trying to, here I am like, like I'm gonna get off platforms and I'm like, yeah, let me add another, <laughs> right? I'm gonna add all of this on. <laughs> but I think it could make less work if I'm not having to list it and stuff. Right. Um, so total tangent on the real real. Um, I did have notes here that was That's not fun. on, but that was great conversation. Um, let's see. I think we've added a lot of it. Tell me about your podcast. So you and okay. Lori just started a podcast, um, Lori Boston Finds. Did I say that? In Boston found. Lori's Boston Found. Okay, yeah. I'm still learning all that. <laughs> and everyone has like a different name on a different platform. And then you I have know. a podcast name. And um, so you guys joined together to do a podcast and you had your first podcast this week, right? Yes, on Monday. Launched on Monday. Yeah. So tell me about it. Where did the idea come from? How did you meet Lori? What do you envision the podcast being? Sure. So um, I met Lori on YouTube. <laughs> so I was actually searching. I think I was searching like New Hampshire bins or something. I was going to be going for the first time and I didn't really know what to expect. And you see videos of like and pictures of other people going to their bins, but not every bin is the same. So it's hard sometimes to gauge what it's gonna be like. So I was like, well, let's search YouTube and see what's there. Um, and I found Lori, and I think it was one of our haul videos. And um, so I watched all of Lori's videos. I like binged watched them, because that's what I do. And um, I ended up finding her on Instagram, and I sent her a message, I was like, hey, you know, fellow local reseller, really love your content. And we just kind of started talking back and forth. Um, I want to say like maybe a few months later, I actually met Lori in person. Uh, Leslie came up to Massachusetts and we had a big get together and a podcast and, um, and Lori and I got to interact. So that was a lot of fun. And after that, I was like, you know, I really want to do something because I, so by trade, I am a teacher. Um, I have my master's in teaching the visually impaired. So I am an educator. It's just who I am. It's who I've always been. Um, I like to help people. So I was like, you know, I really want to do something to help other resellers and it's just my personality like i'm very down to earth and i'm not like i'm not here to get famous i don't care but if i can give you free content that can help you build your business then i want to be that person to help you like i'm always accessible to people send me a message do whatever like i'm here to help so i was like well i really don't want to do a youtube channel because i don't it's not that i i don't like talking from the camera because i clearly have no problem talking mm -hmm. to people um but it's just not me or I'm not there yet. I should say that. So I was like, well, what else could I do? I could do courses, but mm, I don't want to do that either. I feel like, you know, people kind of get weird when you have courses and then how would I even have time for that? Cause I have a full-time job. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, what else could I do? Podcast. I love listening to podcasts. I love sitting in my car when I'm driving to the bins and just listening to it's like mindless right like it's just on the background i know you weren't really listening to podcasts before we started talking but that's okay no i just don't i mean i have three children and yeah. my five-year-old does not stop talking um and so which that is your podcast <laughs> right oh yes i mean she tells you me like some of the things that she says is just mind-blowing but i mean a lot of people are like oh i listen in the car and i'm like well my daughter does not stop talking so today i actually listened to Lori's new youtube video in the car because i did not have my five-year-old with me oh nice and it was glorious so i like the idea of podcast and i like that idea of listening i just don't have time <laughs> well when you're on your treadmill you can listen too instead of music. 
Um, I do, but then, and so I also, I think I might have like ADHD or something or because when I work out, I, um, work. So I'm on my phone and I will list or share or send offer. I sent like offers this morning when I did it. But then if I listen to the podcast, then I get distracted and like mm -hmm. I listen to the podcast and then I stop doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I get that. I listen to your guys' podcast and I've been listening to, um, Leslie, Leslie's, uh, yeah. a resellers. What is passion. her? A reseller's passion. passion podcast. Yeah. So I've been listening. I've been slowly getting there. <laughs> so um, I approached Lori about this and I basically said to her, hey, I have this idea to start a podcast. Um, I don't want it to be a typical podcast that's out there. I don't want it to be like mundane and boring, I guess. It's like I want it to be a conversation. I want it to be just like this, like sitting down, have a cup of coffee, hang out with us you feel like you're there with us, you know, kind of like that whole mentality of it. But I want to educate people while still having fun and people can kind of see who we are and, um, you know, what we stand for and what we believe in. And I don't know, maybe encourage someone to do something that they never thought about doing before. Like maybe start your own podcast or start your own YouTube channel or maybe host some type of meet and greet or mastermind group or, you know, just I want to be able to help people in that way. So. Lori was like, yeah, absolutely. Like it wasn't even a question. And um, we just kind of hit the ground running and the rest is kind of history. <laughs> and I feel, and I feel like that's probably why we have been connecting so well. Cause we're kind of in the same place right now. Mm -hmm. I had already started YouTube because someone was like, Oh, you should do YouTube. And I was like, okay, you know, like let's do this. Yeah. No idea really what I, I mean, I focus on data, um, but starting this year, I was like, what do I really want to do with the YouTube and with the Instagram? And I want it to be a platform and why I'm starting to do these lives. I've only been reselling for a year. I don't know everything. Um, yeah. I know data and I will talk data in and out all day long, but I want to have other people on like you to talk about things. And I think I'll have Lori on and hopefully girly girl stuff, but other people that have different expertise that we can all have a, you know, building a community of people to learn from um and i am fine being the platform that they you know like not everyone wants to do a youtube channel but they do have something to bring to the table and i want to be able to help people get it out there um and i just happen to have youtube right like, i'll do it on youtube well, i think like when i first got started and i was looking for content on youtube i felt like it was all the same right. like it's all the same kind of stuff and that's not bad like that works for some people but it doesn't work for me. So I felt like I needed to create something that someone who thinks like me and, and does things like me could relate to. So I hope everyone that listened to the podcast liked it. You know? Um, so can you see the comments? Yes, I can see the comments. Okay. Um, Cause I didn't yeah. know, if, I don't want to like interrupt you if you can see them, but we are getting a lot yeah. of enjoy the podcast and someone wants a lunch and learn. I know, I just saw that New England lunch and learn. I mean, I'm totally game for it. Yeah. Um, you just have to find a, like a central spot. That's the other thing. Like, I mean, New England's not that big, but we'll have to work on something like that. Lori and I have have talked about maybe hosting something, and I don't know yet. We, we kind of have to hammer out details and see what we want to do. But that might be something in 2020, you know, once the podcast gets going and we kind of see what our audience is like. I mean, maybe we'll do something and get everyone together and have, like, so I have this idea in my head of, like, a mastermind group. I know I've talked about this with you, with Sarah. Like, oh something God. where it's not so much, like, a passion set because I don't like titles on things. Um, but it's literally just a bunch of people with the same ideas, the same work ethic, trying to reach a goal and kind of talking about it and working through it together and, and you know, helping each other grow their business. And I am totally in that same place and have this vision, if time allows, to do right. the same thing. Um, and doing, there's so many people in different areas and with technology, we can, I mean, I can chat with you. Even. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And so I've been looking into um, like live conferencing, like Zoom and like Google Hangouts and stuff mm -hmm. to have, uh, I don't want to say passion to be there because it wouldn't just be passion. It would be reseller and just things. Right. That it's business related, right? It's business content. So, and I think this is where um, Lori and I kind of went back and forth on the name of our podcast too, when it came to like Thrifters Villa. So yes, it's meant for thrifters, but I also added in there like for resellers and entrepreneurs, because you don't have to be a reseller to listen to our stuff. Like if you are, obviously there's a lot of reseller content on there, but a lot of things that we're going to be talking about, you can apply to everything business-wise. The same with your dashboard. So, I mean, and that's kind of 
the benefit of looking at the overall picture. So for everybody that's watching, it sounds like we all have big things coming in 2020. Um, make sure to follow on. I have the links down below for the podcast and for my Instagram. You're on my YouTube. Um, and then, but also Lori and Daniela's Instagram are down below. So definitely follow there um, to see. It sounds like there's some really exciting big things coming to help this community and help everyone learn from each other, bring different skill sets. I mean, that's why I started doing this because I kept seeing people that were like, I want to take it to the next level, but I don't know how. And I'm like, well, I look at my data. Do you do that? And they're like, well, no, you know, and so I have this skill set that not a lot of people have, and I want to be able to help people. And now I want to take it to the next level of bringing other people on to help others. Um, so I think a good point to to say, Sarah, is um, Poshmark doesn't really offer a ton of analytics for us to be able to learn what is working for our business and what's not. So I know personally for me, I can create a spreadsheet, but I'm not a math and numbers person. Like that's not my background. So it's difficult for me to sit there and create something that is as beneficial and useful as Sarah's dashboard. Um, it would take me a long time. I'd have to sit on YouTube and like research a bunch of things and how to use certain formulas and how to create this graph and that graph. Like that's just not my expertise. And at work, I do use Excel, but at a very basic level. Um, because we have um, like a CRM tool that does it for us that prints everything up. We have an IT team. So it's very different at work. I don't really have to use Excel in that manner. So your dashboard has actually changed the game for me because I don't have to worry about creating something. You've done all the work for me and you're, and you're there. And you're there to help everyone to learn how to even use the data, which I think is great. Because a lot of people will provide something but then not really give the help that's needed to kind of understand what all of this means. So, well, and that's, I was, so I, I told you this a little bit, but we, my husband's off today. Happy new year's. Right. But we have yeah. three children and I took one kid here and he took one here. I mean, and it was four o'clock and I was like, I have not seen you all day. Like maybe we should mm -hmm. have for a couple of minutes. And of course we chatted about my work. Um, but I was telling him that I think in 2020, what I want to see, I don't want to give you some, a tool and like, okay, good luck. Enjoy it. I want to develop this year resources if you have um sorry girly girl style says sarah's dashboard is great just use it today i know i saw girly girl style has a new video today on her december numbers so check that out um but i want to provide i don't want to just give it you this thing here's numbers figure it out i want to show you how to use it and i don't know what that looks like um so if you have ideas you know i've thought about like webinars or classes or whatever it is to help you give the support um and not just giving you numbers with not knowing how to use them um if you do have the dashboard you would get access to my facebook users group as well where we really and daniela has gracefully said that she would help me moderate in there to help get engagement going and kind of build this powerhouse of people who are using the dashboard and trying to, we do deep dives in there. So, you know, you're using this and um, you're using this and how are you using this and what are you seeing instead of, I feel like, like you said, I got on YouTube um, when I kind of started this and was starting to look and it was all the same content. And I was like, mm -hmm. I want to know more. I, I want to know like, it's never enough, right? Like you come on, you're like, okay, I got this little bit, but I need so much more. But I will say, Tori, your content is great. Like you give the people what they want to know in in depth, which I think is a fantastic skill that not everyone has. Um, I absolutely agree. I love Tori is girly girl styles just for all the different names. Mm -hmm. um, she really goes in depth into running a business as a reseller. Mm -hmm. Her husband does it full time. She does it part time. Um, and she really gets down and dirty with it and gives you some really good content. Um, I am very glad that I found her. Um, but I do find that a lot of and nothing against I mean, everyone has their different model. But one of the one of my biggest pet peeves of on social media is this sells well yeah and it was before, before i started the dashboard i was like well what does well mean like mm -hmm. what is your model and how much is that and how much did you pay for it? and how, like what does well mean and well i mean we were talking about this before the podcast started you have learned but you sell yeah. anthro and if you talk to anybody social media anthro is where it's at i cannot move anthropology to save my life and maybe i'm not good at picking it up or maybe i can't take good picture i don't know what it is but it does not move for me and if i didn't look at my data i would continue to go down this path of everyone saying anthro sells well 
and have no idea. And that's kind of why I wanted to provide this tool because I was using it. What works for me? Because something that works for me works differently for somebody else. And right. something that um, my business model is different and I have different sourcing and I have different, um, all of that. If you watch my YouTube, this is, <laughs> you heard all of this. <laughs> yes, but I mean, I really, it really is truly what I want to do. And so then I'm glad that it's working for you. So we're going to kind of go down the dashboard path now. Um, you recently started using it last week or the beginning of this week. I can't. I want to say it was like Tuesday. I reached out to you. It was either Monday or Tuesday. I reached out to you because I did have some technical, technical difficulties. Yes. So I reached out to Sarah. So she is there for help. So if you have an issue, just reach out. We we'll had to figure out what it was. It was a really silly thing, but um, I think you were the first one who ever had it. Yeah, so I don't know if it was just Poshmark that day that the inventory report and the sales report wasn't downloading correctly. Like, yeah. I figured it was Nick, like listing date is the first thing on Sarah's dashboard. And on my inventory and sales report, it wasn't coming up. It was order date. So when I put it all in, I was like, why isn't this working? Nothing was populating. Sarah came in and tried to fix the, the spreadsheet and you know we were sharing it back and forth. And finally I looked at it, I was like, oh, Listing date should be first, but my sales report doesn't show listing date. It's just showing order dates. So let me move everything over. And then it worked. Um, but Sarah does have um, a YouTube video when you purchase, if you purchase the dashboard, there is a YouTube video there, which walks you through step by step. And it's very easy to follow. So don't be worried about that. Oh, that's good news. Um, and that's what I mean. I want, and I think you had a couple of people ask on Instagram, you know, once you have the numbers, what do you do? And, and, mm -hmm if when you purchase the dashboard it comes with a i think it's like 20 minutes maybe 25 minutes yeah, something like that a step-by-step -step tutorial so it goes through step-by-step -step to tell you how to do it but then it goes through each um tab to tell you the um analytics behind it as well because a lot of people are like oh well here's a graph but like what does it mean, right? Like, what does it even mean for me? Um, I think someone asked, does the dashboard work for eBay as well? So I'll have Sarah answer that because she's the expert. I'm glad you caught that. Um, so the there are two dashboards. Um, one is a sales dashboard, and that one works for all platforms. You import the Poshmark sales report into it, and then there is a separate tab where you there's like four. So you have your month, your year, how much you made, how many items you sold, and then it calculates your average um, sale price. And you would manually enter those in for any platform that you sell on. So you can do Facebook Marketplace, and I sold to my grandma, and whatever you want, you know, the real, real, all of the different platforms. And it'll look at those different splits. Um, and then it also looks at Poshmark specific data, like your bundles and your offer to likes and your average sale prices by state. Um, I recently just added in repeat customers, which I'm super excited to start looking at this year. Um, because if you look, if you work in inventory or retail in the past or anything, retail, repeat customers are where it's at. They like your stuff. They know your business model. They already are hooked on your stuff. So if you can find ways to bring them back, that's I mean, that's a gold mine. Um, so that's something that I'm excited that I added this time. And then there's another dashboard that is the inventory dashboard and this is specifically for Poshmark. It looks at everything that you have listed and then it looks at everything that you have sold and it kind of compares it to tells you your top brands, your sell-through rates by size, subcategories, top cat I mean lots of really useful information to help you when you're sourcing. Um so I hope that summarized it up. Um I do want to ask you um you give us a little bit of background on you said you work with Excel at work a little bit, but what's your background in Google Sheets in number? Like, where did you come into looking at the dashboard? Basic beginner level, put it that way. Beginner Basic level. beginner level, like rudimentary, nothing, nothing fantastic. Like I know how to press the add some button. Um, you know, like I, I know the basics, very, very like bare minimum basics. I know how to like change the cell to make them bigger, like that kind of stuff. But if I had to actually create what you created, it would take me a long time because I have no idea how to do any of that. <laughs> I will tell you it took me a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's very, um, so it's very detailed, right? And I'm sure a lot of it requires very specific formulas and you would, you have to do the research on how to analyze all that information that's coming in. Right. So. Um, okay, so you you're kind of a beginner level. Yeah. Why, let's talk a little bit about what made you look into the dashboard and want 
to start looking at it. So I am a very organized person by nature. That's just who I am. And I keep a spreadsheet, but it's not helpful to me as to like, what's selling at what price point. Like I don't keep track of it in that way. It's more of like an inventory spreadsheet for me and how long I've kept it in my closet and how much I paid for it, even though I kind of average everything out anyway. Like it's a very basic functioning spreadsheet. It's nothing crazy. Um, one of my goals for 2020 is to understand my data more and how I can grow my business and get better at it. Not by doing less work, but by doing better work, I guess is the way to say it. Like I'm not putting as much time and effort into, okay, well, I think this will sell. Well, this is cute. I should list this, you know, like there's still going to be some of that, but I want to know what my people are buying and at what price point I'm selling things and what, like I have this number in my head that I want to sell every month. How do I get to that? And the only way for me to get to it is to really understand what's working in my business. And if I don't have a analytics and data to tell me that, how am I going to figure that out? For example, yeah. This is forever going to be my example. I thought, and I say this in the podcast in episode two, so I'm apologizing to everyone, that three people doesn't sell for me. That is a lie. <laughs> because it's number one on my list. But you finally, you were I'm trying to get my camera better um, because it's, but we were chatting a little bit, you know, before this and you were like, I quit picking it up. And I cannot tell you how many times I hear this doesn't sell well for me. I quit picking it up. And then they look at the dashboard and you're like, yeah. and so now, and like you said, like you don't want to work less. You just want to work more efficiently and right. better working for you. And so you quit picking it up and now you're just going to see it and pick it up. You're not shopping more. You're not right. more. You're just picking up things that sell for you. Well, now here, here lies my other like question I have in my head. Since I stopped picking up these brands that are selling really well for me, is this why my sales have been so crappy the last couple of months? Like, is this the reason? Because I was focusing on what I thought was selling best for me, you know? So now I'm kind of sitting back like, oh, well, maybe I kind of shot myself in the foot by not picking up what was actually working for me, you know? Like these are the thoughts that go through my head. And, the, and these are thoughts that go through everyone's head, mm -hmm. um, which is why we're chatting about it. Right. But data is... I love data. It's amazing. But you you also can't like go down that deep, dark, like, oh, but it's so hard. <laughs> I do it too. And then I'm like, well, I should have done this and I should have. Mm -hmm. It's good to help guide you. But, and something that I, um, when I do with like my month and what sold, I usually try and bring in the economy as well because there are a lot of times outside factors. Um, there are things that we will just never know. And maybe if you picked up more anthro, you maybe would have sold a little bit more. I will tell you every single person that I have talked to said that their December has been horrid. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> um, it's been terrible across the board. Yeah. And so even if you picked up a little bit, it may not have been as bad, but I don't know that it's good to look at the data, but not to necessarily dwell on it too much to be like, right. Oh, I should have, could have, would I, it, you know, this is what happened. This is how I'm going to use it going forward. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, Caffeinated Christy did say that all she finds is mall brands. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, mall totally brands. Fine. But then your model, and this is why, so I don't share my numbers on any of the platforms for two reasons. One, um, I see people's numbers and sometimes it makes me feel bad um, mm -hmm. because then I'm comparing to them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with people who share their numbers. I think there is value in it because then you also have like realistic expectations. Um, but I, I don't want my purpose of my um, social media is to help people learn what works for them. And so I want to teach you how to look at the data and not to compare it to me. Um, and so when I go through and teach you things, there's different strategies that work. And if all that you can find is mall brands, then you find the, the mall brands that are working for you and you will probably be more of a quantity seller and right. know that and find the brands and find efficiency ways to be listing more often. There's nothing. And this is why I want to talk about the data and figuring out what works for you because a lot, you will see a lot of hauls that are like, I found Gucci and I found Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And it's like, well, cool. Like I yeah. don't, like I'm never gonna find a Louis Vuitton and maybe once in my entire life. It's fantastic. But it's not. Right. But like, that's not where most resellers are, right? right. Um, and you have to figure out where you are and how to get to where you're going. Um, so mall browns are fine. They sell. Yeah, I agree. If anything, they sell faster than some of the other stuff that I pick up. 
And I would agree. So I focus more on average sale price um, because of time. Mostly for me, it's time. I don't have time to be listing a lot of things. And so if I list something, I want it to sell high. Um, but if you're selling, so my, my items sit a little bit longer because people aren't willing to spend a hundred dollars willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but mob brands, you know, they'll spend, they definitely, my lower price items definitely have lower days on hand. Um, so, so I think it's important to note too, and this you'll learn on the dashboard is Sarah's dashboard does tell you like what category of items sell the best for you. Um, and sometimes if you don't want to necessarily look at the brands that sell, then you can look at the categories and kind of figure out there where you can input those to get that higher average sale price. Right. Right. Um, okay. So let's see you, can you watch? So a lot of people are coming on the live or that are going to watch this. I don't have the dashboard. Can you, mm -hmm. as someone who just started using it, kind of walk through the process and how it was for you? I mean, you touched on it a little bit. Um, there was a little technical difficulty, but kind of just walk through that. Yeah. So initially when I, I inputted the um, sales report, I did the sales report one first. So I inputted that information in the Poshmark sales report. And at first glance, I was like, Oh my God, my December and November were horrible. And like, I went down this really bad rabbit hole for like a good five, 10 minutes. And I was, I was actually texting Lori. I was like, Oh my God, this is terrible. I can't believe, like, I mean, it was, it, I was being dramatic to be quite honest with you. I look at every single day and I'm like, Oh, it's awful. No, I know. I know. And I was like, I am terrible. Why do I do this? I need to look at different things I need to do. Like, I mean, my brains are going hundred directions yeah. and, um, Anyway, then I, I simmered down a little bit and I actually started looking at the information and the data that was there. So because I'm a nerd, I have my little journal and all my printouts right here ready. And I actually, so this is what I did. I took my notebook and I started taking notes because this is just what I do. I literally went graph by graph, chart by chart and wrote everything down, highlighted and then made like a little summary section. So the first section I went through was the top grossing. Um, this is after the sales report, I did the inventory one because the sales report for me was just numbers. And I, I kind of got an idea of where my average sale price needs to be in order for me to hit my goal that I have for every month. Um, so I'm gonna stop you real quick there. Um, if you haven't seen the dashboard, she is talking about the simulator. Um, and what that is, is it goes through and you can enter in, I wanna make however much money you wanna make. And it looks at your historical data and says, if you're selling on average these many items, you need to up your average sale price to this. Or if you're more of a quantity seller and you are normally selling around this average sale price, you need to be selling this many items. Um, so that's kind of what she's referring to. Later. Yeah, because for me, um, average sale price is very important because I have a certain number goal that I want to hit. So for me, that's important. It's important for me to know, okay, so I need to be selling items at this price point in order to make this profit so and you have access to i mean you said the new hampshire bins are pretty good you right. have access to be able to find those higher price Correct. items not Correct. everyone has that and you have to figure out right so like i have boston i mean if i want to take a day trip to new york i could take a day trip to new york i mean i have all the places in rhode island i've got that's so crazy. So my husband's from Boston too. And I live in Colorado and it takes you a full day to like get out of the state. Yeah, I mean, we fly into Rhode Island half the time when we go visit family. Yeah. I'm like, this is a completely different state. Like it's yeah. just crazy to me. It is. But when you're flying into Rhode Island, you're not flying into Providence, you're flying into Warwick and that drives me crazy how it's called yeah. Providence airport it's not it's Warwick. But anyway. Oh yes, no. I yeah, no, to me it's Providence. <laughs> um so once I had that information as to what my average sale price should be in order to hit X number, right? Because I don't, I don't share numbers just like Sarah. Like it's really not important. If I share a number, it's because, you know, like if I sell something for a really high profit, I'll share that because I feel like that could help someone. But um, in terms of like my personal numbers for business purposes, that's just I personally keep that private as well. Once I did that dashboard, I went to the, is it, is it the analytical one? Is that what you call it, Sarah? The one with the inventory and the... Yeah, so one is sales and one is inventory. Okay. I've been playing with different names. So they're both analytical, but one is a sales dashboard and one is the inventory. So I then took the inventory report from Poshmark and the sales report, it takes both and I put it in and um, it gives you all this information about brands that sell, your top selling categories, um, the repeat customers, everything that Sarah was talking about previously. 
So that's so why I took my notebook and I was like, okay, what are my, like, I mean, top from, I wouldn't say I started like $350 and up. What are my top grossing brands? So I wrote everything down. I highlighted everything and I was like, okay, so these are the top ones. Then I made a list of top five from like, this is the way I do things. I break things down until I finally have like a top three or top five chunk that I'm going to focus on because I can't focus on everything. I don't have time to focus on everything. I work a full-time job and when I'm sourcing, I need to be in and out. I don't always have three or four hours. I don't always have a whole day. If I, if I have a whole day of sourcing, I've planned that in advance and it's on a weekend. So I'm essentially wasting one of my days off. I'm not really wasting it because I'm working on my side hustle, but I don't get two days off in the weekend. I'm only getting one day off then. So I need to plan in advance. And I'm very similar to you. I source um, probably twice a month because I am with kids all the time and I'm not, I can't thrift with them. Um, so it's usually on the weekend and I don't want to be thrifting in all weekend because I, I mean, I do want to, but I do also but, want to see my family um, and something with a dashboard that's helped. And I think you'll see this when you start using it, when you're sourcing is it, it helps me zone in right on what is working because it can get really overwhelming when you're at the bins, something, you know, there's all kinds of things. And what do I pick up and how do I know when you're at retail thrift stores, you're like, what section do I go to? And what are, I mean, it's really overwhelming. Um, and so this will help you, you know, hone into what is working for you. Well, then you have a game plan when you go sourcing, which is basically what this did for me. Cause I took my top three categories and I'll share those with you guys. So my top three categories are shoes, tops slash sweaters. They're kind of the same. And then jeans. Which is funny because those are the things I enjoy picking up. So to know that those are my top categories that are selling actually makes me really happy because I love picking up shoes. I love cleaning shoes. Like I love everything about shoes. I know. <laughs> Everyone says it, but I love it. And the average sale price on shoes is a lot higher than me selling a top. Yes. No, I like selling shoes. I don't. I actually just met with a um, teen girl in my neighborhood to come over and clean shoes for me because I. Oh, more power to you. <laughs> I'm going to see if it works and how she does, but it, I'm like, oh, I hate doing it. Um, but I want, I want to note to this too, because everyone's data is different mm -hmm. and those are your tops. Jeans is my worst seller. Is it really? I, yes. And you look at social media and people are like, oh, jeans, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. And maybe to your point, like, I don't enjoy picking them up. I don't wear a lot of, like, I don't know what it is necessarily. Maybe our area doesn't have a lot, but your tops and my top brand or top categories are different. And now you right. know that from looking at your data. Yeah. So everyone's category is going to be different, but this is what works for me. And this is what my customers like. So then once I did that, I looked to see what the average, um, sold price was for each category. So shoes was the highest, which was nice. Then jackets was second, which was interesting because it wasn't one of my top categories, but it's actually one of the top like average sold price. So that was interesting to me. And then handbags, which I typically don't find a ton. So I don't really have a ton of data on that. I've sold mostly my, my own handbags that I've had. Um, I usually don't find too many at the thrift store. And I just think it's because the time that I go, if there's good ones that are being put out, people are grabbing them. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but jackets is interesting because I don't enjoy picking up jackets unless I find it at the bins. Like it's just something that I feel, I feel like doesn't move as fast because it's a seasonal thing. So even though it's higher grossing, I don't know. Um, then I looked at sell-through rate because that's important to me as well. Mm -hmm. So the dashboard does give you numbers on sell-through rate. Um, and I wanted to see, oh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh yeah. I just want, um, so sell-through rate, cause I've had a lot of people ask me, okay, what does that mean? So sell-through rate, what it's looking at is, we'll say dresses, for instance, you've picked up a hundred dresses and you've sold 50 of them. So you're sell through, you're selling 50% of what you've mm -hmm. picked up. So in theory, I mean, it would be amazing if you had a hundred percent sell through rate, the higher your sell through rate, it means that you are selling everything that you're picking up. If you have a low sell through rate, something's not working, right? right. Um, so you want to be looking at high sell through rates. Would you say Sarah, the average sell through rate for a retail store is around 70%? I've done a lot of research on this and I think it really depends on what you're looking at. Um, I, in my business model um, and what I know about reselling, I think it's very seasonal. I mean, we're seasonal and we also don't like, we're not ordering inventory. So I can't yeah. order jackets when I, you know, and so sometimes I think our sell through rates will tend to be a little bit lower because of this. I will pick up a jacket, a really nice jacket in the summer, but it's not going to sell, you know, like it's going to probably sit until winter where like a retail store I've read, you know, they aim for like around 80%. Um, 
that makes sense. But they can or like they can order their inventory, you know, you know, right. oh, I want to order jackets for next seat, you know, right. so having a little bit, I, for me personally, I'm 50 to 60%, especially because I consider myself a part-time seller, um, I, I think is good um, on a large data set. Right. Right. So my sell through rate was interesting to me because I, I didn't think my sell through rate was as high as it was. Um, but I also think it's because I put so much time into Poshmark and reselling. Like I say, I'm part time, yeah. but yeah. I'm really not part time. <laughs> like I have actually documented my hours that I like to know what it like, what am I actually putting into this? And sometimes it's more than my full time job. Yeah. Like that's the problem. And I need to work on that this year. I should not be spending more than my full time job hours on this. Yeah, but I was thinking about this because part of my um, goals is balance. And I, I want to scale it back. And I do a lot of it. But a lot of what I do, I enjoy. Well, that's the thing. I like doing it. And so it doesn't so, always, like, it is work, but it doesn't always feel like when I was in corporate America, I was like, see you later. It's, yeah. it's 4 p.m. guys gotta go. <laughs> well, like today I was like, I'm going to take the afternoon off. But then I was like, I was working on this YouTube video, you know, and it didn't necessarily feel like work. Yeah. Well, no, no, I agree. Like I enjoyed this stuff. Like I like social media. I like the informative piece of social media. So for this, this is fun for me. I'm like, I'm just hanging out with friends. Like this is great. You know, this is my time to hang out with people and talk to people and interact. Um, but I actually spend a lot of time doing research on brands and um, learning about fabric. Like I want to know more about fashion so that when I'm picking things up, even if it's a no name, I know that it's a quality piece. Yeah. That's so yeah. there's a lot of that that I'm doing behind the scenes that isn't necessarily like reseller related, but it, it does pertain to the business. So right. yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just seeing all these different things that I wrote down. Basically, after I looked through everything, like I looked at the states that I sell the most to, which was fascinating, but also made sense. Like we talked about the Sarah. It's the bigger states like California, New York, Texas. Oh, my God. I make so many sales there. Right. You know, there's a few places in the Midwest that I sell to as well. But and I also have a lot of Massachusetts um, buyers, which is really neat. So thank you. If you're from Mass and you're buying from me, that's fantastic. Uh, oh, I love that you have brands that people there really like because they right. have a lot of brands that you Right. right. That I'm finding. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was interesting to just see that maybe I should target follow people in areas of California, in the larger cities in California. And um, maybe I can target follow people that are buying certain brands. So now that I know my top three brands, I'm going to start target following people that are in that brand. Right. So different ways to kind of get your engagement up, different ways to maybe entice the buyer to come look at your stuff. They'll see that you followed and they're going to look and see what your closet looks like. So, you know, some of that stuff. And now you're spending your time more effectively instead right. of randomly sourcing. Randomly following people that are active sellers. That actually means nothing. Right. So because I do that a lot. I'll just go into active sellers and then go to all brands and just start following people, which works too. <laughs> But if I know that these are my top three brands and I have these brands in my closet, well, now I've targeted my audience. Yeah. And something I want to note, because you're like, I went down this path and there's lots of data to look at. We chatted about this a little bit. Um, I want to say rule, but it's very loose. Um, I have an 80-20 rule. And when you're looking at data, you have all of these ideas, right? You're like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do this. But to really get an idea of what is working for you, and it's hard, but you really only want to do like one, maybe two things at a time for like one to three months and then look and see if it's working. Because if you change too many things at one time, then you're not going to know what worked and what didn't. Um, but it's hard because you're like, I want to try this. I want to try this, and right. this, you know, but I, I do want to kind of caution against trying too many things at one time because you want to see what is actually working. Yeah. So I actually, after we had a conversation, I decided that my main focus of the first three months is going to be the brands and being more mindful on sourcing mm -hmm. to pick up brands that do well for me. Um, I'm not just going to buy free people, free people anthropology, whatever my top brands are. Like I'm still going to pick up those other things that I'm doing anyway, but I am going to focus on those categories and the brands a little bit more just so that my sourcing is more specified to what's working for me right now on the data that I have. Then at that three month point, I want to run everything again and kind of see what's changed or things the same has something like has my um, average cost of goods going up, like what's fluctuating, what's better, what's worse, and then maybe 
go to my next thing that I want to work on and maybe I need to target follow more or maybe I need to have more return customers because that's actually really low for me and I was kind of like oh I really don't have that many repeat customers hmm. well what am I doing wrong you know in the Facebook group I'm going to do the deep dive on that because I think most people is that way and I don't think that we're doing anything wrong I, don't, I think we're not giving the tools to know we have no repeat you know like we aren't giving ways to know this or to be able to reach out to our repeat customers, but now we do. So we can try things. Um, and I wanted to note too, for people who don't have the dashboard, it, it you purchase this one time and you can enter in your data as many times as you want. Cause you said you were gonna do it again in three months. You can do it as many times, as many slices and dices, do a week, do a month, do the entire year. Um, sometimes I'll go in and look at specific data sets. And so it is like an ongoing fluid thing that you have forever to look at. I think someone had asked you in the comments um, about the dashboard and the cost of it. I think I saw that somewhere. So Sarah's running a sale. Oh, so okay. <laughs> um, my mouse, my mouse turns off if you don't use it. So um, yes, so it is, Currently, each dashboard is $35. If you buy them together, you save $5. Through the end of the day, I am doing 50% off. Um, so it makes it you get both. It's basically buy one, get one free for both of them. Or you can do it if you only want one, you can use a 50% off. Um, make sure to follow me on Instagram because I'm constantly doing promos and sales on there. But right now, through the end of the day, it is 50% off. Yes, which is totally worth it for the information that you're getting, in my opinion. <laughs> well, and I agree. And I feel like I'm glad to have other people on because I feel like I just say the same thing over and over again. But I just released my 2019 video where I looked at my entire year of 2019. And I've only been selling for one year. Um, and you can see, I mean, the graph is just like crazy. You can see where I start using my data and it just goes like this. That's great. I mean, it's ridiculous because I started I started shopping on average sale price and really being, I wasn't shopping more. I wasn't shopping at different places. I was just only picking up items that I knew were going to work for me mm -hmm. and revenue showed it. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing to me right now is my revenue because of the goals that I have for this year that I've set. Um, I really need to bring my average sale price up. And I think the last couple of months, it kind of skewed my data because I was sending out so many offers to people just to get some kind of activity and get things moving. Because you get desperate, right? Like we all get desperate sometimes. And we're like, oh my God, I haven't sold anything like three, four, five days, whatever. I need to get something going here. I don't think anything. Yeah, anything. Any, well, I mean, Within reason, <laughs> you see, but I've noticed it across the board with everyone on Instagram. I feel like everyone that I follow, fifty percent off, fifty percent off. Ask, you know, send me an offer, and I'm accept accepting anything that's reasonable. Like, so if you're struggling, you're not alone in this last round, last few months, because I feel like everyone's been doing it. Um, people are doing Instagram sales to so try to just get inventory moving, buy, sell, trade, you know, whatever it is. So you're not alone in the process. We're all kind of in the same boat. And I think having better data, because of our limited data we get from Poshmark is in turn going to help you kind of turn the corner and be able to bring everything well, up. And so if you think that your last quarter maybe is skewing it, maybe take a look at, you know, taking that last quarter out and look at, yeah. you know, the other, because if it is skewing it, then you'll notice if you look at it and you may, you may notice some of the same things, like your top rounds may still be the same, or you may notice some, you know, like it may be another, yeah. like the good point those last months. I might have to do that. I might have to um, go back. So I did it for the whole year. I don't think I mentioned that, but I did it from January to December, but I didn't start reselling like seriously until March. So that kind of skews it too. Like I, I, I resold my own stuff from January to the beginning of March. Then like mid-March, I started to actually purchase inventory, like go sourcing, thrifting, whatever. And then yeah, I started- You might want to do it from then too. Yeah, so there's that like, it, so I don't know if that, obviously it skews the data a little bit, but you know, I'm curious to see my highest, I think that's what I'm going to do next, probably tonight, my highest grossing months. I want to see that data. I, yeah, it's I was just thinking, I, I'm always thinking about data, but I was thinking that I want to look at my highest grossing months to see. And one was in the summer. Um, and so I want to see. My summer was great. <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but like my summer was the highest grossing, which is fine. Yeah. And, and so I want to see what was selling in the summer. So I can start looking to pick things up now because mm -hmm. you aren't buying stuff at thrift stores now. I mean, I shop a lot of retail thrift stores just from the time perspective. Um, and so I do have to look for, like, I don't give bins prices. Um, and so I want 
to keep an eye out for summer things when other people aren't looking at them. Because like last year I found a Kate Spade um, bathing suit that had been sitting there for like a month and there's no way that would have still been there. Right. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I saw someone send a 10% off coupon on their thank you note, including included in their sale. I thought that was clever to get someone back to your closet. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've never done that. I just send like a general thank you so much. Hope you enjoy your purchase kind of thing. So I used to include a um, discount code if you came back to me and I never had, because Poshmark, you have to do a bundle, right? right. Um, that's the only way that you can do codes. Um, and I never had anyone you cut make a bundle to do the code um really? yeah so really? i don't know but i'm gonna try different things now because maybe they didn't know how or they didn't want you know so ways that they don't necessarily have to do so much work to get those code to get those discounts or to oh, get an idea that something that i've done in the past so i've run like try to run instagram sales and all that kind of stuff none of it works for me i've never made one sale from any instagram sale that i posted honestly yeah. maybe because my following is low on instagram and that's totally possible too um, I don't have a big following yet I, or, you know, whatever. In talking to people that do Instagram sales, I think it, I mean, you have to have like a ginormous following. Right. Right. Um, but something that I have done and it's worked for, I mean, I can't say it's a, it's a huge amount, but I go to my previous customers, I go through all the sales and like maybe like the last 60 days and I'll go in each person's bundle and type out like, Hey, um, I'm running a sale for my, um, previous customers, 50% off your entire bundle of three items or more kind of thing. Right. And it'll be a price point, like anything that's 50 bucks and below. It's 50% off and I've made sales and I've still made a profit on it. Cause you have to be careful when you're running sales, you need to still be making a profit on stuff. So, um, I've done that and it's kind of worked. So that's maybe something that I do a little bit more of this year. I don't know. Just a for retail, retail customers. That's something I'm thinking of because it's an online platform and they don't have a connection to you at all. So they don't necessarily feel as loyal. So trying to find ways to make that connection with the customer and it's through, you know, typing in bundles yeah. and connecting with them. Yeah. Um, so we are pushing an hour and which is, I mean, we can sit here and talk all day. Um, we really can, so. My family waiting for dinner. Um, I do have a couple more questions that um, I want to bring up. So let's see. Um, we talked about your biggest surprises. I think some one of them would be like your top brands not picking up, quitting picking up Anthro and Free People when it actually really sells high for you. Um, what if you had to pick like one or two of the graphs or charts that you were like, this was money, like this is my favorite. I mean, which ones would you say? For me, it was the top categories because that's a game changer for me, knowing what is selling um, and my sell-through rate on those items. Those are the two things that are most important to me. And that, that's just how my brain works. So I know what's selling the best for me, what category is selling the best, and I know what its sell-through rate is. Well, now I can really hone in and, and really focus on that. So and that's I'm, kind of where my brain's going right now. I'm, I'm, once you get into that, then you can start doing, like what I'm doing now is deeper diving into those categories um, and looking at my sell-through rates for sizes and for um, subcategories. So like I sell, dresses is one of my top categories, but some of my sell-through rates for different kinds of dresses isn't great. Um, so one thing I want to add on that, I think some of it, so my issue with Poshmark is that they don't have enough um, categories for certain things. I was going to touch on that too. Yeah. I think it skews data a little bit because you can't always label something as a mini or a midi or um, cropped or, you know, whatever it is, or even colors. Right. Well, and so I'd, I think some of, and I'm going to try this out. I have a lot of dresses that are minis and I think they're not selling because people aren't searching for minis. So I'm not doing anything different, but going in and changing that category to see if the inventory that I already have is selling. And I would have never known that had I not looked deeper into the data. Um, um, I think with brands too, sometimes, so like if it's Michael by Michael Kors, a lot of people don't search Michael by Michael Kors. They just search Michael Kors. So you should probably change the brand to Michael Kors right. because that's what people are actually searching for. So there's like little things like that. Yeah. And that's stuff that I hadn't really considered or like, um, I have a lot of vintage Levi's, but they're men's jeans, but mm -hmm. women wear a lot of men's vintage Yeah, they do. And so, and they're not selling. And so I'm going to put them into the women's category oh, and not for men's, but I wouldn't know. I just was like, well, no one's buying my Levi's, you know? And so I'm going to try new things by looking at it. Um, 
Someone just asked you a question. I think you should answer Sarah about um, individually entering the Poshmark sales report or like how, how that works. Yes. Yeah, so do you enter each entry individually from Poshmark sales report? No. So the Poshmark sales report is exported from Poshmark. Um, and I will note you have to do this. You have to edit the dashboard on a computer um, because of the way that Google Sheets works. You cannot use the macros that I had to use in the background to run all of this on a um, tablet or on a uh, phone. You can view it on there, but you can't edit it. So that is one caveat. Caveat. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't say words. Um, but as far as entering it, so Poshmark um, exports, it's a raw CSV file. Depending on what programs you have on your computer, it will import into like numbers or Excel. And it's just a copy and paste. So you whatever data you want to, um, hey Leslie, you want to um, export or whatever, I got sidetracked, whatever. Um, Leslie came on, so. I know, I was to say hi to Leslie. Um, so whatever time period in Posh that you want to export, it comes out and then you just copy and paste all of that into um, the dashboard. I have, a video on my highlights on my Instagram of doing it step by step. And the video is probably 25 seconds long. Um, I mean, it really is a quick and easy thing once you do it once or twice. Sometimes if you haven't done it before, you kind of want to like walk through it, you know, slowly. Um, but once you do it, it's a quick copy and paste. It's really not time consuming. And then every populates. You don't have to be super computer literate, like anyone can really do it. Just watch the video and you'll be fine. And ask me questions if you, I mean, I have people that are like, I really don't know and I will, you know, walk you through it. Um, I think we touched on everything. Is there anything else I want? So Daniela is fluent in Italian. <laughs> If there's other questions, I mean, we can answer questions about the dashboard or about the podcast or any other general reselling questions, um, or if there's anything else that you wanted to touch on. Um, but I do want you to like finish the podcast in Italian. That's so cool. <laughs> um, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say something very simple in Italian for everyone. And you can learn how to say Happy New Year in Italian. It's very easy. Okay. So there's two things that you can say for Happy New Year in Italian. And Maria's on here. Maria is my little Sicilian friend from Boston. So um, she will agree with me. So you can either say Buon Anno, which is just Happy New Year. Or um, other people also say Tanti Aguri, which is like you can use it for anything like happy birthday you can say it for a lot of different things and it's just like a well wish for everyone or you can combine them together and say bon anno a tutti and tanti auguri un anno moltissimo just a great year basically oh, it's like so pretty i mean yeah. so my my family's from like southern areas of Italy, caserta which is like a mid-southern area it's like two hours away from rome and an hour away from naples so my dialect is very different than um, other people's dialects. So, but that's just a very general phrase that you can say to people. Instead of saying Happy New Year, you can say Buon Anno e tanti auguri. See, and I'm not even going to try it because it's, <laughs> I'm awful compared to you saying it. But thank you so much for coming on. I'm not thank seeing for having me. Questions. Um, links to my Instagram and Daniela's Instagram are down below. So always feel free to reach out to us. If you have questions or comments on my YouTube video, um, Daniela won't get notified of that. So if you want direct questions for her, definitely um, send her a DM on Instagram. So thanks for joining. Everyone have a happy new year and good luck with sales. Bye.